Thanks, Andrew. That was so sweet. Oh, my goodness. Worship was so sweet. This is like the middle of the second song. And um, I thought someone lit a vanilla um, cookie candle. You know those Yankee candles that are like sugar cookie? It was. It smelled so sweet back there. And it was just the sweetest presence of the Lord. But it was really good. So thank you, worship team. You guys are great. Especially you. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> All right. We're going to continue on the Christmas story. Um, I, I kind of consider this part B to Adam's message this morning, but I'm going to hit on the narrative of the shepherds. Um, this is one that, I don't know, I find really, really fascinating. I don't want to say it's my favorite part of the Christmas story, but I really love with the shepherd's ad. So um, let's just start off with reading our scripture. It's coming from Luke 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, clothes. Would you say that cloths? (laughs) Cloths. In cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I love this picture. Because these shepherds were just out in a field in the middle of the night doing their thing watching sheep. They weren't trying to hold a prayer service. They weren't even searching for anything. They were just merely being shepherds. And out of nowhere, an angel of the Lord appears. And it said that the angel shone with the glory of God. I mean, that must have been super freaky. And it said that they were terrified. So when they're, they're in a field, it's nighttime, a 35-foot angel. Is that what you said, Adam? Yeah, Probably a 35-foot angel. (laughs) An angel of the Lord appears in the sky out of nowhere and starts speaking to them. And so he tells of Jesus' birth, the birth of the Messiah, the Savior. And then, to make it even crazier, a ton of other angels show up, and they all start singing. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth on whom his favor rests. And in the translation I was reading earlier, it said, um, peace to men who he is well pleased or something like that. 
Anyhow, he likes people. And so, and then he gives him a sign or the angel gives the shepherds and says, look for this sign. As if the sign of the flying, glowing angels in the sky isn't sign enough. <laughs> look for this majestic, incredible thing. Ready? A little tiny baby wrapped up in cloth in a barn. I just love that. I think it's crazy. You have glowing angels from heaven appearing in the sky in the middle of the night saying, there's this amazing, majestic thing. It's a baby. And they sang about the glory of God. And then they went back up into heaven. And then these guys looked at each other and said, what in the world? We, we got to go find this. We got to go to Bethlehem and find this thing that they sing of. I just love that the sign that these supernatural beings are so excited about is something that we see every day. It's this baby. And I think that speaks so much of what the Lord is wanting to show us through this whole um, Christmas story. So here's the three things I want us to think about. When I read this passage, I think of... Who has the salsa ringtone? <laughs> I think of three questions. Why did God choose to reveal shepherds or choose to reveal Jesus' birth to these shepherds in the first place? I mean, you could read the Christmas story and it would be just as amazing without the shepherds. It's kind of like the, the add-on or so it appears. So why did he include the shepherds? What does the shepherd story add? I mean, he included it for a reason. So what does that add to the whole Christmas story? And since all scripture is for our good and for our instruction, what does that mean for us? What can we, what can we get from these shepherds? So that's what I, what I hope we take home today. Those are your three points. Like, it's very organized. Number one. <laughs> Why did God go and send these angels to tell the shepherds? It's because God loves including us. He loves bringing us in. He loves gathering people. He doesn't want to just do it all himself. That's why he made man. He, he could have zapped all the problems and made them all go away. But instead, instead he chose to send us his son. And in so, he put the solution in our hands. He put the solution in Mary's hands when, when Jesus was an infant to care for. And, and now he's including these guys in the middle of the night in a field who, I mean, I'm guessing weren't the most educated, um, you know, knowers of the law and the scriptures and all that. You know, they were just guys. And so he chose to include them. And... It just says so much about God and who he is. He made people, he likes people, and he wants to include people. He is always, always inviting us into the story. I mean, the story is amazing. Mary gives birth to a baby in a barn. It's amazing. But he still is drawing more and more people in. He's drawing these guys in a field. He'll also be drawing pagans from another land. I mean, even in his infancy, Jesus is a gatherer. 
Later in his life, we'll begin seeing Jesus gathering disciples, gathering friends, going out and calling people, come join me, come join me, come join me. And these everyday regular people end up participating in the greatest story that's ever been conceived. And they end up playing major roles. And it wasn't out of anything that they conjured up or did or worked hard for. It's just because God is good. And he wants us to be part of his plan. It's, that's it. He just wants to bring us in. He, he loves us and he's that good. But here's the deal. The shepherds weren't the only ones that God told. It wasn't like he said, I'm going to make this point by just telling these five guys or however many. You know, there were scribes and Pharisees at the temple who knew exactly where Jesus was. They were able to say, oh, yeah, he was born in Bethlehem when, when the king here had asked. But those guys didn't end up running to the barn. And I think what, what is said by not being said um, is that you can have all the right answers and know, but it's that willingness, that willing heart to chase after the word of the Lord that was really important with, that these um, shepherds had that, you know, who knows how many other people didn't have. It doesn't mean that if you're a professional, you can't reveal the Lord. Because, I mean, eight days after his birth, we see Simeon, we see Anna, the prophetess, and the priest. And they instantly are filled with the Holy Spirit and know who God is and begin prophesying to Mary and prophesying to baby, about baby Jesus and they're professionals. So it's not like he's saying you have to be a nobody in a field. He's saying you can be a nobody in a field or you can know everything there is to know about the scripture and dedicate your whole life to looking for the Savior. And then one day you see him. It's, it's, about, it's more about a heart of willingness and openness and um, to listen. All right. Shepherds heard the news. What do they add to the story? They add wonder. Have you ever been around those people who aren't easily impressed? Adam touched on this this morning. You know, like if you go to Nashville, you meet all kinds of those people. (laughs) You go to Nashville and everyone is a musician and nobody thinks anyone else is cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's just those those people who are just not impressed. Um, You don't see that with the shepherds, man. They they bring a sense of wonder and excitement and freaked out anticipation. Proclamation, praise, worship. These are really, really important things to the Lord. The Lord doesn't take worship and praise lightly. To him, these are like really big deals. You know, we may opt out of praise and worship or, you know, to us, they don't hold the same um, heaviness as they do to the Lord sometimes, because I don't think we really um, grasp the intensity that worshiping the Lord holds to his heart. Like, Worshiping the Lord matters to him. And so they brought this into the story. Worship is not a waste of time. It's like currency. It's something we can spend on God to to bless him. You can't buy God a, a pretty impressive Christmas present, but you can spend worship on him. 
Worship sets the tone and it sets the atmosphere, sets the tone of our heart, sets the atmosphere of our heart. It sets the tone and the atmosphere of what's going on around us in our community. And it set the tone and the atmosphere that night in the barn. When they showed up and they started proclaiming to Mary and Joseph what they had just seen, um, you better believe it changed the atmosphere in that barn. Have you guys ever been to a ball game at like an arena or a stadium and it's like really close and you can't even hear yourself cheer? Imagine if nobody was cheering, everyone was just sitting there watching. It would change the atmosphere of that place. The excitement and joy and anticipation that the shepherds brought to the barn mattered. It mattered. It wasn't a tag on. It mattered. And that brings me to something else they did. These guys, they didn't prepare for a month ahead of time to bring a word of encouragement to Mary. But I want you to think about Mary for a second. Mary had been given a supernatural promise. She carried it around for nine months. By the end of nine months, I'm sure she was a little like, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I I really hope this is going to turn out the way I want it to turn out, you know. And then she has this delivery in which the circumstances are crazy. Not exactly what she probably thought that the birth of the Son of God would look like in a barn. You know. Yikes. So here she gave birth. I've given birth three times. You don't exactly feel awesome afterwards. I mean, your heart is full, just like it said, her heart was full, but you, you feel pretty cruddy. And I know <laughs> emotions are going up and down and <laughs> it's nuts, but you know what? Those shepherds came in in a time where she was like, I thought this was the son of God. And I had to give birth in a barn. Come on, <laughs> come on. What is up with that? God, you, I mean, you've already put us through all this shame and, you know, I'm doing it because I love you. I'm going to do it. But really a barn. And so I think, and this is just me talking, kind of drink of that. <laughs> I love you. I, I took it. <laughs> I think that through the process of labor and delivery and being outside in a barn, and it being dirty, and your emotions are up and down, I personally think she was probably feeling a little wishy-washy about the whole thing. I'm sure she was filled with joy about having a baby and that everything had turned out good. But I think that those shepherds brought to her something really important, and that was confirmation and encouragement. When they came running in, oh my gosh, This is the sign. It's a barn and a baby. It's a sign. I think that was enough of a spark to reignite the excitement in Mary's heart, you know? And I think that was huge. Like these shepherds thought they were just like responding to a glowing angel in the sky. And they were so excited. They didn't realize that they were doing something super on a spiritual level of encouragement and prophecy. And I mean, I really do think they were just excited, but 
it's that kind of attitude and that kind of heart that the Lord can use to do the biggest stuff. So not only did they bring worship and praise, not only did they encourage Mary, but they also suddenly became evangelists. I mean, they went running through the land telling everybody about what they saw. I saw these angels and then they said this and then I went and saw and it was the baby. And remember all those prophecies? Remember those things our moms and dads told us our whole life? Oh my gosh, it just happened. Remember that stuff we read in Isaiah? I saw it. I mean, they're just, they're evangelists. And these are guys who, they're probably pretty dirty, tired, stinky. It's not, I mean, by that, by that time, it's probably early morning. I don't know. And they're running around proclaiming the word of the Lord. And it says that people were amazed. It didn't say people like kicked them out and rolled their eyes. I mean, they had the favor of the Lord on them. And people were listening and their hearts were moved. And it started this conversation. You know, people started looking, people started wondering, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, is it being fulfilled? And so they did so much. Well, what's that mean for me though? Good for the shepherds. I'm, I'm happy for them. Those guys, (laughs) I just thought they were, you know, the extras in the play. Um, you know, the kids, you're like, what do we do with them? Let's make them a shepherd. (laughs) But, but no, little did you know, <laughs> they were really important. But what does that mean for me? I think it means everything. I think it means that if those guys are invited to the story, we have a kind of God that, that wants to pull those guys in to play some pretty significant roles. I think it means we're invited to play. We're invited to the story. The story of the shepherds, it doesn't just ta- tell us how we felt about the shepherds. Our God is an eternal God who never changed. Like he is who he is. If he felt that way towards the shepherd, he, shepherds, he feels that way towards me. And if he's inviting them, he's inviting us. And I just think that's huge. I think it means everything. It shows us that God depended on Mary to take care of his son. He depended on shepherds to be the encouragers and evangelists and worshipers. We could be tempted to think that Mary was just special and put her up on this pedestal because she did, you know, most of the work (laughs) coming from a mother. Um, (laughs) Push. Okay. (laughs) So we could be tempted to, to make her out to be this which she was. I don't want to take away from how wonderful she is. But God spread the responsibility of this solution of his son. He, he spread it around. He included the shepherds. He included Mary. He included Joseph. I mean, everyone carried a part here. Um, they lived in families. The families helped raise Jesus. I mean, you know, your uncle play a role in your life. I mean, all these, all these people, um, are included in the story. Jesus didn't grow up in isolation. I mean, they talked about traveling to Jerusalem and traveling back and they're in caravans. And, and if Mary assumed that Jesus was with someone else, that means they were with a lot of people. I mean, this is a community of people that is, that is, um, carrying this solution for the world. And I think it's really, really 
an important point for us to, to connect with the shepherds and say, oh my goodness, we're invited. We all play a part. There was a problem. He, he sent a solution. But that solution, it wasn't a magic wand that he waved. It was a solution that he handed us. Back in the very beginning when he gave us the gift of choice, the gift of, of um, free will, the gift of, I mean, he continues to give that. And he even gave that with his son. He chose to give him to Mary. And Mary had to choose to take care of him. And he chose to tell the shepherds about Jesus. And it was really exciting. But the shepherds had to choose to grab their bags and go to Bethlehem. He didn't hand them, you know, show them a picture out of heaven of Jesus. Um, The angels told him about Jesus. They had to hightail it to Bethlehem and find him. All right. So now we're included. Now what? So we get that we're included. God loves people. We have a part to play. Now what? The shepherds experienced a supernatural and it revealed something natural, a baby. That baby, however, would grow and he would become to, he would begin revealing the supernatural through the natural. So we go from angels declaring a baby, baby growing up, man declaring heaven on earth. I mean, it's this really neat picture and we're invited. So we have Jesus growing up, preaching the kingdom, heaven come to earth, process, growth, then release. Broken bodies were healed to reveal the present kingdom of heaven. Sinful hearts were wiped clean to reveal the saving grace of God. Death itself was overcome to reveal the unending love of a father. And that's our father. And now we have that natural slash supernatural Jesus available to us, inside of us. We have the solution inside of us. We're the revealers of heaven. We carry that with us. We carry supernatural answers for natural problems. We carry natural answers for supernatural problems. Here's my last point. Angels revealed what happened and where to find the child. But the shepherds had to choose to go and find them. It's another invitation. God won't make us find him. He won't make us seek him. He won't make us worship him. It's an invitation. He doesn't want a robot. He, he wants us to, to choose, to turn, to meet him. The invitation's always there. We just have to go to the party. There were people in the temple who had given their entire life to look for a savior. Their entire life was devoted to looking for one thing. They had every answer, but they never left and went to the barn. They had every answer. They knew it was Bethlehem, but they never went, went and actually looked for Jesus. We don't have to be professionals with all the answers. 
We can be professionals with a lot of the answers, but we don't have to be. All we have to do is respond. We have to go. We have to head on into Bethlehem. We have to tell everybody we know. Oh, my goodness. I don't exactly know what went on, but I saw these angels, and they told me this thing, and then I went and saw the thing, and it's God. It's fulfilled, you know? So in this room, if we're all called to play, what is it in us that's making us feel unqualified to proclaim the good news? How much qualification do you actually have to have to hear good news and retell it, to experience something and then invite someone else in to experience it? You don't have to have a lot of qualifications, but you do need to have the the empowerment and the love of the Lord. You don't have to have everything right. The shepherds, they didn't spend their whole life trying to get everything right, but they played a huge role. The good news is way better and way bigger than we even realize at this point. And I think that's what the Lord's inviting us into right now is to being part of the good news, especially at Christmas. You know, it's a time, it really is a time to ponder and reflect and think and dig. I'm not very good at this wrapping up thing. (laughs) And now, if you're on ministry team, (laughs) watch, come on up. (laughs)